Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Hello and welcome to Fun Kids Bookworms. My name is Bex and oh boy, do I have a podcast for you today. Do I have a podcast? Oh no, I do. I do have a podcast for you today. Uh, So this one is a big, big episode. We'll be talking to Reese Carter about his first new book, A Halloweeny Adventure. We've got the legend that is David Walliams about his, I don't know, umpteenth new book. And we've also got lots of brilliant recommendations of books you've got to be checking out as well. Plus a little competition for you. It is a jam-packed episode, so let's get right to it, shall we? First up on the podcast, this is a little chat I had with lovely Australian Reese Carter about his brand new book. I am joined right now from Australia by the author Reese Carter. Hey Reese, how you doing? Hey Bex, I'm really well. Thanks for having me. Hey, I am thrilled because you have brought with you your brand new book, The Girl, the Ghost and the Lost Name, which I believe has a different title in Australia. Is that right? It does. In Australia, it's called A Girl Called Corpse, uh, which is kind of fun for me because this is my debut novel, right? This is my first book. And so I kind of feel like I'm cheating and writing two books at once. They look very good (laughs) on my shelf next to each other. It looks like I've written two books. That is a very smart way of doing it. I like your style. Uh, Very nice idea. So tell me about this girl called Corpse and tell me about how she has been formed and created. Yes. Okay. So in The Girl, the Ghost and the Lost Name, we meet a kid ghost who doesn't want to be a ghost. And she doesn't uh, She doesn't actually know what her name was before she died. She doesn't know uh, who she was before the witches snatched her and before she kind of became a ghost on a place that I've called the rock that doesn't exist, which is a rock cast out to sea that uh, is shrouded in magic. And so people can't actually see it. So she's been haunting this rock that doesn't exist, doesn't remember who she was before she became a ghost. So she's given herself the name of Corpse. And when we meet her at the start of the story, she actually looks very different to how you might imagine a ghost to look. So Corpse has built herself a body made of wax. She's got seaweed for hair and polished seashells for eyes. Uh, and a spider for a best friend named Simon. But what she wants more than anything in the whole world is to get those memories back. She wants to know what her name was. She wants to find her family. She wants to get off the rock that doesn't exist, which, by the way, is inhabited by three truly wicked witches. Um, And so that's what the story is all about. Corpse kind of finding out that there is a treasure out there which can reunite her with all of these memories and then along with Simon, heading off an adventure away from the rock that doesn't exist to hopefully find that treasure. Oh my goodness, what a great synopsis. That was amazing. I could end the interview right there. That was brilliant. Um, now, before I go on, I do have to talk about Simon the spider. Um, I, I love Simon. Um, why, why do you make a spider as her kind of sidekick? So I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm in country Australia. When I say a farm in a small farming town, I mean kind of 200 people in this town, like really, really rural. And so I lived in kind of an older style farmhouse that, you know, was falling apart a little bit and no room was kind of complete without a large huntsman spider sitting in the corner, like watching over everything. So whereas some people might be scared of spiders, growing up, they were just literally everywhere. And I kind of saw them as more like... um, 
comforting presences in the room. Um, they, I always thought of them as quite friendly. So when it came time to give Corpse a, a sidekick, it just made sense. She haunts this roof above the witch's shack out on this rock. What else would be in the roof with her? Of course, a spider. Uh, was there a part of it that you particularly loved writing? Was there a bit of a scene where you were like, I can't wait for our readers to get to this bit? I think in terms of scenes, the most fun part was to write the ending, the kind of big, without spoiling anything, the big action packed battle between corpse and the baddies at the end uh, is of course really fun i will however admit and i don't know how this is going to reflect on me or what it says about me but i had so much fun writing the villains writing the baddies was such (laughs) deliciously dark fun um but then it was also fun as i say to write the ending where you know um corpse gets to kind of take them on take take on the baddies and take down the baddies I think a lot of authors do like writing a baddie because it's kind of like you could do and say things that you wouldn't do yourself. Exactly, um, exactly. You wouldn't, you know, and you certainly don't, no, you never read a baddie and think you want to be that character, but they are, whether you're reading or writing them, there's something just fun about how horrible they are. Um, as long as they stay <laughs> safely in the pages, you know what I mean? You wouldn't want to meet these people in real exactly. life. Exactly. But in a book, they're totally safe. Um, they can't get you. I totally get that. As, and as you mentioned, these baddies, you've got you've got the witches. Um, this book, I mean, it's perfect for the time of year because it's real big Halloween vibes, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, that's certainly, it's a kind of a really great timing for it to be coming out because it does all happen over one stormy evening, um, uh, you know, by the ocean in, near this town called Elston Fright, which crackles and fizzes with dark magic. There's sea monsters, there's zombie skeletons. So it is big, big Halloween vibes. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cow author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! You also have, by the way, a brilliant map at the beginning of the book as well. I love a book that starts with a map. <laughs> I w- I'm exactly the same. When I was a kid, whenever I'd be reading books, if I opened a book to its front page and it had a map, I knew we were in business. I knew Absolutely. this was going to be a fantastic read. And so when my pub- publishers said to me, uh, Reese, we're going to put a map in the front, I was just on cloud nine. All my dreams come true. It's, it's the beginning of an adventure. As soon as you see a map, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're in for a good time. Exactly. Things are going to get serious. A lot's going to happen. I need to be able to reference like where things are going to go, where things are going on. It's the best. It's so good, man. And also, I mean, at the end of The Girl, The Ghost and The Lost Name, it's it's maybe implied that there could be more in the cards for the characters. I think so. Yes. Um, There's just a little hint at the end that there's more to come in Elston Fright. And, you know, I initially didn't mean to write it as a series. When I first sat down to write The Girl, The Ghost and The Lost Name, I only was thinking I would write one book, but I just fell in love with this town. Um, And even as I was writing it, even though I'm the one who created it, as I was kind of writing scenes of Corpse and Simon wandering through the town, I found myself wanting to like poke my head into all the little corners and see what other (laughs) secrets it might hold. And so I couldn't help myself. So, yes, I've just finished the sequel, which will be coming out next year. Oh, amazing. Yeah, there's so many lovely bits of magic in the book that I imagine, of course, you want to explore and write about more and kind of figure out a little bit about. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot more magic. There's a lot more history to this town. We meet, a, we meet another character, I won't give too much away, a, a living boy about halfway through the book. And we don't get to see much of him, but he 
and his nan who live in the lighthouse have a very interesting connection to the town. And so I really wanted to explore that history more as well. And I wanted to kind of, um, you know, obviously continue Corpse's story because she starts out in The Girl, The Ghost and The Lost Name in a in a pretty um, dark spot, you know, a pretty um, scary mm. spot. A lot of bad stuff's happening to her. And by the end of the book, though, things are looking pretty good for Corpse. Um, it's, you know, this really, although it's a spooky story, this really is a story about love and friendship and belonging and all that really good stuff um, and that lovely stuff. And so what I, the other reason I wanted to continue her story is because I think she deserves more of that. She's a really, she's a really yeah. good ghost and I want to kind of give her more of that um, happiness, I suppose. Yeah, she's a really lovely character, actually. She, you know, I really enjoyed reading her character because you're like, yeah, you're a, you're a good egg. I appreciate that. Yeah, and look, she's a little bit um, she's a little bit selfish and a little bit prickly at the beginning, I think, uh, which is fun as well because no character should be perfect. They're not much fun to read. But um, you can tell right from the beginning she does have a heart of gold and she's a very good kid. Now, before I let you go, Reese, we do have something every author who comes on to Fun Kids. We do a little quick fire round of questions with them. I wondered whether I could do that with you right now. Absolutely. Put me on the spot. Uh, so first up is books or Kindles? Books, always books, um, which means I need <laughs> more bookshelf space. Yes, me too. Uh, heroes or villains? Reading heroes, writing villains. Oh, that's such a good answer. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Film adaptation, just because going to the movies feels a bit more special. Oh, a good answer. Witches or sea monsters? Both. I feel like you feel like you need both. Okay. By the way, that that question is just for you. I don't ask everybody the question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, writing or reading? Love both, but writing is taking up most of my time at the moment. Okay. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. Because I have a dog called Hagrid, I it only makes sense. <laughs> yes, I did read about your dog called Hagrid. I wondered whether that would influence you. Um, Tim Burton or Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman. He's my favourite author in the Graveyard Book. I just loved bits. Write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? I write from about 4am till 7am and then again at, I know it's so strange, and then again from like 7pm till 9pm. I have no idea why, but those are the only, well, I try throughout the day as well, but it's early morning is the best time for me. My brain is fresh, the world is quiet, I can get my most work done then. Oh boy, I am fast asleep at 4am, more power to you. Um, Now, I'm guessing you have these guys in Australia, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh... Paddington Bear, Paddington Bear, because I used to have one when I was a little kid. I had a stuffed Paddington Bear with his hat and his boots and a jar of marmalade. Oh, it's so cute. And finally, the big one. Again, I'm thinking, I hope this translates, uh, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Cheese and onion, definitely. Really? Yeah, I've I've never liked uh, salt and vinegar. My sister was a huge salt and vinegar (gasps) fan as a kid and I couldn't stand it and I still can't stand it. No, it feels like me and your sister could probably be friends, but if we were to share a bag of crisps, uh, Reese, we, we would not be sharing the same bag, to be honest. I'm not a fan of cheese and onion. <laughs> Which is good, right? If you get those like mixed packs, we each have our own we each have our own type. There's no fighting over it. <gasps> You're right. You brought it back. We can go to the same parties now. <laughs> exactly. Um brilliant. Well, Reese, thank you so much for telling us all about the girl, the ghost, and the lost name. It is out. I'm pretty sure it'll be out right now in the UK. It is, yes. And um, yeah, thank you so much for telling us all about it. And hopefully we will see you in person for your second book or third or fourth or fifth. I hope so. Thank you, Bex. Okay, then there's loads of amazing books coming out at the moment. Um, One of my favourites is by fun kids friend of the show, Serena Patel. It's Anisha, Accidental Detective, Fright Night. This time around, it's Halloween. Everybody's excited for the school disco, including dressing up and dancing. But... 
Does Anisha want to get involved? Because books are starting to fly off the library shelves and messages are appearing on the whiteboard. Everything seems a little bit spooky. Ah, what a great book. There's also The Last Storyteller by Donna Barbara Higuera. Uh, now, in this book, we've got a girl named Petra who wanted nothing more than to be a storyteller. But Petra's world is ending. Earth will soon be destroyed and only a few hundred scientists and their children have been chosen to journey to a new planet. That sounds very scary to me. If you want to find out a little bit more about the book, it's called The Last Storyteller. There's also Puzzles for Spies from GCHQ or the Government Communications Headquarters. They have worked together in secret to gather information and solve the toughest problems over the years. And they solve puzzles every day. They put a book together, giving you some top secret missions to solve problems, break codes, and maybe come out as the cleverest person you know. Go and check out Puzzles for Spies. Now, I know you're all waiting for it. I know you're interested. What is happening in the new David Williams book? Well, why don't we hear from the man himself? Hey, David Williams, how you doing? I'm doing wonderfully, thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Excellent stuff. Now, I am also doing wonderfully because I have read your book and I loved it. I loved every second of it. You've brought me a historical fiction book, basically. I mean, people often ask, oh, you know, is it, is it very, very um, historically accurate? And the answer is no. Um, the events of this book, you know, are made up, but the background to it is true. There was a space race going on between America and Russia, in, and the height of it was the 1960s because Russia were first to send a man into space, but America were first to put a man on the moon, and so there was there was this rivalry. I, I was a kid in the 70s and 80s, but in the 60s, you know, every kid would have known about what's going on. Pretty much every kid would have known what's going on out there in space. So I wanted to write a book about a girl who was obsessed with outer space and wanted to escape from her life and an alien crash landing on her farm. So that, that was the sort of starting point for the story and her sort of helping him escape the grown-ups who, you know, want to hurt him. Yeah, you bring us lovely Ruth, who's had a bit of a tricky time. She's living with somebody she's not a big fan of, I'll put it politely. And uh, she suddenly has a bit of an adventure. It gets ex- ex- exciting. Well, it's, I want it to be exciting. I, wa- I, want this, I want it to be a real page turner. You know, I write these books because I want kids to just read them for their own pleasure. The good thing about this is that once the alien has crash landed on Earth, which, is, which happens actually in the first chapter, yeah. the whole thing has got this momentum, you know, because they're trying to escape the whole time from the police, from secret service agents, all those kind of people. And there's also a kind of big secret as a part of the book. So it's how long they can keep this secret going for as well. One of my favourite bits, this isn't a spoiler, is when they're on their bum sliding through a crater. So have you tried any of the activities that Ruth and gang did in the book? Um, Well, I really want to go into space, but I haven't done that yet. Um, So that would be my sort of dream. I think it would be really exciting. I've always been obsessed with science fiction. Uh, since I was a kid, and I love, still love it now. So um, there's that. Have I tried anything like that? Well, I love sliding down. I've never stood down a crater, but um, I love going down a icy hill on a, you know, on a on a bin bag. I love that kind of stuff. Now we have uh, also a lovely little dog in your book, Yuri. Um, was that inspired by one of your dogs, perhaps? Apart from, of course, the the missing leg. I do. Yeah, my dogs have. Uh, both got four, four legs each. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm often thinking about things in my life and how I can incorporate them into my books. 
And so, yeah, the behavior of Yuri is a little bit, um, I don't know, he probably does a bit more than a, than a real dog would ever do, but um, he is hopefully as lovable as my dog. So, yeah. I try to get some of their personality, some of their sort of playful personality in there. Uh, now, I also mentioned, um, obviously, I've read the book, and a lot of your books have been turned into uh, films and TV shows. In my head, if I was to cast it, I'm putting you as Dr. Shock. Well, the villains are the best parts, always. They're the really fun parts, aren't they? You know, like Rafe Fiennes in uh, Harry Potter as Voldemort. You know, I mean, amazing, isn't it? I mean, he's a great, great actor, really. Is the thing you remember probably more than anything in Harry Potter is that um, is is him because you just once you've seen him you're gonna have nightmares about him for the rest of your life. Um, so yeah, I'd love to play a villain. In I, I played Bert in Ratburger, which we adapted for Sky TV, and I love doing that. It was just so much fun. And so yeah, I would love to do that. I'd love there to be a movie of this. Who knows? It certainly would be a very expensive movie. Because space travel. That's the problem because people go, well, we'd like to make a movie, one of your books, but we don't want to have to spend $200 million doing it. So um, so maybe one day, maybe one day. Yeah, I, I, went, I was reading it thinking, oh, he's going to be ambitious if he's putting this on TV, but you never know. Somebody out there. Yeah, I know. I think it would be trick, very tricky to be on TV because you've got the night. You know, on this kind of budget that you would have on TV because it's like 1960s America. So that's hard. You're going to get with the cars and houses and clothes and everything right. And then, then you've got like UFOs and rockets and underground secret bases and uh, helicopters and super planes and all this kind of stuff. So the great thing when you're writing is because I used to write, when I started, I was just writing for television. And then you'd always be told, well, this is too expensive. You can't have a crowd of 100 people. You can only have two and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was often a bit frustrating because you'd have these ideas, you know, of a sketch that could happen at Wembley Stadium, you know, with the England football team. And they go, that's not going to happen. You're never going to be able to film that. But luckily, when you're writing a book, that's not a problem. If you want to be in Wembley Stadium with the England football team, you can. I, I do believe, though, if anyone can make it happen, David, you probably can. You can make this happen if, All right. if you well, want. Hopefully, we'll try. But I also need to ask you a little favour. Every author who comes to Fun Kids answers my quick fire round of questions. Of course. I would love that. Good. So first up, books or Kindles? Books. Yeah, everyone says it. I have actually never used a Kindle. I mean, I haven't got a problem with a Kindle, but I just think books, I just love holding a book. And I think in a, in a book for kids with loads of illustrations, you'd be missing out a bit on a Kindle, really. Uh, all right, heroes or villains? Villains. Villains are really important for the stories, you know, and I think you've got to have good villains. It's often the starting point, really. And 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 the stories are so energised when you have a good villain. You know, suddenly everything's exciting. Um, all right, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Well, the good thing about TV adaptations is that they're, they're kind of... They're definitely going to get seen, you know. It's wonderful to be on the BBC or Sky or wherever. It's, it, it's great. I love it. So I'm really happy there's been uh, TV adaptations. But, but if Steven Spielberg is listening and he wants to turn it into a film, just this once, I'll let him know. I mean, it would be it would be amazing to see something on a you know super super big budget. But but we've done some lovely TV adaptations and people, you know, have been enjoying them for years and years. You know on BBC iPlayer and all that kind of stuff. And at Christmas, they generally get repeated and it's lovely. Hey, look, if Stephen's listening, I'll let him know. Don't worry, it's fine. 
I'll sort it out for you. Please. Um, Buzz Aldrin or Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear is hard to resist. I mean, it is one of the funniest characters of all time and the voice of Tim Allen does in the, in the Toy Story movies is incredible. And that, and that catchphrase, I think, is amazing, to infinity and beyond. It's just so funny. I just thought, I wish I'd come up with that. To infinity and beyond. There is no beyond <laughs> infinity. It's just brilliant. It's really, really funny. It's, it's such a great idea. It's such a brilliant idea that he really thinks he's the character and everything. Oh, oh. But I'd love to meet Buzz Aldrin. Um, but it must be tough being the second man in space, on the moon. You know, it would be more fun to be the first, wouldn't it? So, yeah, it was the second. He's not doing too badly. Also, you've got to feel sorry for the third man in that rocket, Michael Collins, who didn't get to leave to go on the moon. He had to stay inside the ship. I think he's still, he's still, he's still orbiting the moon. Just watching his friends just have a lovely time. Still better than, you know, we've never been in space, so sure. he, he still beats us. Um, all right, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Paddington Bear, because I, um, I got to meet Michael Bond um, and... He was just lovely. He basically was Paddington Bear. He was this sort of wonderful old gent who was a sort of wicked sense of humour. And I, I kind of, I, I grew up a bit more, I'd say, with Paddington than I did with Winnie the Pooh, which is a beautiful, beautiful, magical book. But I probably prefer the humour in Paddington. Yeah, that, that Paddington is my answer as well. Uh, now, finally, the last one is the most important. And this is the one I'll judge you on. Okay. So, salt and vinegar. Or cheese and onion? Salt and vinegar. Yes! Every time. I have very little interest in I will not have cheese and onion crisps in the house. I don't don't know anyone who likes them. And salt and vinegar are amazing. Amazing. Thank goodness you said that. Because had you said cheese and onion, I would have ended the interview. I would have just been done here. So please, if anyone's listening who makes salt and vinegar crisps, please send me them. Don't send me cheese and onion. Just send me salt and vinegar crisps. In huge it amounts. If there's anything I want to get out of this interview, David Williams, it's that you like salt and vinegar. I am correct in saying they're the best crisps. They are the best and crisps, aren't they? That's the most important thing. Apart, apart from, obviously, your book Space Boy is coming out, the crisp thing is very important to me. Now I want to eat crisps. It's just turned midday, so I think you can. Yeah, it's crisp time. I think you can't really have them for breakfast, but I think by midday you can, you can eat crisps and it's all right. No one's going to judge you. Hey, look, if you want it hard enough, you can have crisps for breakfast. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and have some crisps now. Space Boy is a brilliant book. Thank you so much to David Williams for telling us all about it. Little heads up that next time in our podcast, we'll be talking to Fern Cotton and Robin Stevens. Robin has got our book of the month for October. That is the Ministry of Unladylike Activity. You can find out more next time on the Fun Kids podcast. But... Before I let you go, we've got a competition. This is brilliant. It's time to celebrate some of the coolest books available and the bookshops that sell them as well because it's Bookshop Day on Saturday the 8th of October. So booksellers will unveil the Books Are My Bag Readers Awards shortlist. It's the only book awards run by bookshops and chosen by readers. So each year there's a Books Are My Bag, a limited edition bag that's created which can only be bought from bookshops. Bookshop Day have collaborated with the author and the illustrator Jackie Morris on the design of the bag and you've got a chance to win one. So you could get a bundle of books from the children's category of the Books Are My Bag Readers Awards and a limited edition bag. Ten runners-up will also win a copy of the bag as well. To be in with a chance of winning, go to funkidslive.com and answer this question, please. What is the job of a person who creates pictures in books? Is it A, proofreader, B, writer, or C, illustrator? If you think you know, get involved. Go and tell us before the 12th of October, 2022. Head over to funkidslive.com. 
And that's pretty much it for today's Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. That was a busy one. Oh boy. But I'm pretty sure that was an awesome one as well. I'll be back super soon for more book adventures. In the meantime, like, comment, subscribe, tell us what books you're reading, and we will see you soon. Bye! Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!